Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my old friend, Aram in Toronto. What's up, Aram? Oh, just NBA champions. Um, <laughs> man, I, I'm super happy. This has been an amazing season. What a what a great postseason run. I'm I'm up here in Toronto celebrating in my mind, reading everything, just really trying to soak it in. Um the the champagne is still soaking in. The metaphor Yeah, champagne? champagne. No, no, no. The, <laughs> the champagne vibes uh is soaking in to my to my soul. Uh this was a great this was a an amazing postseason. And um it's stressful because it's like what two months long, a little over two months long. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, actually, April. Yeah, I mean, it's ended on June sixteenth, so almost yeah. two and a half months. It's Absolutely. long. It's a slog. So I, you know, first off, um, I'm curious, how do you watch these games? Because I don't have uh, other Warriors fans to watch them with here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to per se. Um, so I sit in my basement and uh have have the tv on and these games are late so i'm up late yelling at the tv <laughs> and uh not only yelling um and i'm just bringing this up this up because my wife has uh brought it up to me she's like you only yell when they do badly so i'm like yelling and swearing and you know it's one of those things where when you're in a, a mm. place where everybody's watching these games there's a kind of like communal buzz and you know other people in the yeah. neighborhood are watching it but i am always like do my neighbors think something's going wrong you know what i mean <laughs> um you know because they're not wrapped up in it uh so right. yeah i'm i'm a little bit like oh and then i was telling you on the on the chat i was like okay Yelling's okay. I gotta take out some of the swearing though, I, and so I <laughs> I cut down on that for Game Six, and I so I felt I felt like that was an accomplishment for me as well. So, um, but anyway, that's a, I I just curious, how do you watch these games? Well, I mean, I watch them taking notes on my phone or on my computer, depending on like what I feel like typing on, and it's it's a I I, I watch these games regular season by myself usually you know girlfriend's here sometimes she tunes in sometimes not during the playoffs though especially the finals i'll be honest hopefully she can't hear me <laughs> but like uh she was yelling more than i was during the, oh during the nice. finals and i was like i kept i kept like looking at her and i was like you know i'm i'm trying to stay calm you know because like you yeah. know how i can get or how we can get and like not you know, just try to say solid. And she was like, oh, come on. And like hitting the couch <laughs> and stuff like that. And lots of swearing by, by me in general, and especially in the finals. And uh, it, it was fun. It was very cool to like, you know, have her be as invested as yeah. I am. Yeah. Because during the regular season, it's like, oh, you, oh, there's another game tonight, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah and what's the big yeah well I don't get worked up about this yeah usually i take a, a a ton of notes and it's funny though too right because a lot of my notes are worthless by the end of the game because i take a lot of notes in the first quarter right and unless they just tank from the first quarter on it's like usually the same stuff the team goes on a run uh they need to play a little bit harder but by the end the story is totally different and yeah game six like I'd written all these notes about 
the first and second quarters pretty much. And for the most part, it was like out the door because, you know, they won. So it was more about the feeling of winning than like yeah. really yeah. truly breaking down the game. But it was funny because Paula's sister was in town, her sister Patrice, and uh, we were all watching it together. And I'm like, I have a very specific way of watching, right? Because I, I rewind plays because oh. I'm gonna, I want to see other elements of the plays. And when it's like a big shot from like Steph, like a dagger or just something like Draymond hitting two threes or Steph hitting that, that long distance one and doing the ring, pointing at the ring thing. Like I'll rewind that to watch like the fans, like do this, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hands on their head or um, to see like the uh, players like dip their heads down or even what's his name? Uh, Derek White. He, he could not hide his like feeling every time Steph hit a massive shot, like his yeah. shoulders would slump and he'd put his head down. And it's like, I mean, he kind of looked like Austin Rivers out there. Cause if you ever see Austin <laughs> Rivers, when Steph hits a three on him, he's just like throws his hands up. Like what, what, you, what am I supposed to do? You know, like what the hell? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's like, it's especially during the playoffs and the finals, it's like so intense. Cause you're just watching so closely. And then you're also like taking notes, taking notes, and, um, and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I get a break from that, you know, like yeah. right now, as we're recording, it would be game seven. It would be like third quarter of game seven. Right? Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad my blood pressure is just normal now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's not, that's not happening right now. So no, two months of anxiety, uh, was not, was not good for our blood pressure. Yeah. See, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I was asking this too, because, I have been in Toronto uh, for over 15 years now, and I miss the home of Andrew Wiggins. He went to high school just down the road, but I've been here for so long and I've missed all the championships. I like, I haven't been home. Right. And, uh, and I miss that kind of communal fanaticism, you know, where, where it's like, yeah, it's okay to be jumping up and down and yelling and, and it's expected. Right. Um, I even in 2019, I had an opportunity. I was I was in the Bay Area for work, and it was the game where Steph scored zero points in the first half against Houston, and then scored thirty three in the second in the second mm-hmm. half. And uh, I had an opportunity. I had a work thing, but I totally had an opportunity to skip out on that and just like yeah. go to a bar and watch it with other Warriors fans for the first time in this whole run. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I should go to the work thing. Uh, and I'm like i'm so mad i'm so mad that i did that because like i've never watched any of these championship runs with anybody else who cares oh man <laughs> so, that's, that's the that's the responsible arum i know yeah so well anyway so thank you for you know you know at, at the end of this run it's been awesome to be able to come on here um periodically and talk about it because it's a it's a chance to feel that communal fanaticism again so um, yeah. i know this is the beginning of the podcast so it's kind of weird that that's uh sounds like the end but um but in terms of the game um and you know w- with a few days with a few days away from from the aftermath of it you know some kind of like larger thoughts that i've been thinking of is that mm-hmm. um you know how a lot of the time we complain about Kerr and his defensive leanings. That's more you. I'd say it's about 80 20. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Because uh, it's just like sometimes they get in those funks where they can't score and you're just like, like what's yeah. going on? But you know, yeah. he, Kerr was right. Um, defense, 
really wins championships. Mm-hmm. And we heard all about the Celtics defense. We were even, you know, a little bit spooked. The Warriors were spooked by Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's been so was so interesting about this finals is that is the way we watch defense. I think if you were like a basketball coach or, you know, high level player, then you understand how defense works. But, you know, for a fan like myself, like I realize I don't understand how to watch defense. And I think partially, mm-hmm. you know, the media and broadcast could do a better job of explaining that. Like how is something like the Warriors defense working? Right. And, mm-hmm. but part of me feels like they don't know either because <laughs> the way that we think about defense is the Celtics defense, like long switchy wings and a big shot blocker making spectacular blocks. When you look at the Warriors personnel, they don't seem like we know Draymond's reputation as a defender, but we don't actually understand, uh, you know, in a broad sense, we don't understand what he does that makes mm-hmm. him so good. And it's like, helping it's communication it's like hedging it's stunting like all of these things that i yeah, yeah. sort of mm. starting to learn um sure, yeah you know because their personnel outside of like you know gp2 like great individual defender draymond great individual defender and help defender but like you know they have a bunch of kind of like average size dudes who try really hard but their schemes um and I think we also, their schemes really work. The coach, they get coached up. They know how to focus on an opponent um, because it did really feel like they figured some things out about how to lock up the Celtics, you know? And mm-hmm. and they played a little bit of, you know, a little bit of cat and mouse with them, right? In those first few mm-hmm. games, they had to figure it out. And, you know, when Clay said it feels like 2015 in terms of like, oh, we kind of have a sense of what, you know, like we're trying to figure it out and we figured it out. And mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala said something similar like that. And at the time I was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with you saying that, but, but they were right, you know? Yeah. And then they took the rest of the series. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I just wanted to like appreciate the defense and I still don't quite understand it. And I'd like to go back and see and, yeah. and have hopefully, you know, have a better understanding of what the things that they do, how can they be effective? And I think it also ended up being a good matchup in terms of, yeah, these wings are great, but you can turn them over really well, um, take away things that they like to do, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously like with defense, like there's some things that a lot of people don't really look at that closely because when you're a fan, you're just watching the offense, right? And you just, Mm -hmm defender and like what happens and you know but it's like crazy because i think that the warriors were so good and obviously people got better in terms of uh individual defense i mean clay got much better it seems like the warriors were just doing a lot of variety and not Mm -hmm. just like oh going from man to zone but like like you said all those like key words you know and they would do stuff that would confuse the celtics yeah. When when would help come and everything, right? Because when you watch it and you watch the Celtics on offense, it's like you're not really paying attention so much about like, oh, uh, the help defender chose not to come. And then the next play he he does, right? It's like those are the things yeah. that you really do have to kind of go back. If you're not looking for them in the moment, go back and look at. Because I think confusing the offense was a big part of it, the Celtics offense, you know, and and especially – frustrating guys like you know tatum and and marcus smart i mean this is a point that i think uh danny larue and marcus thompson had on uh 
uh, Danny LaRue's podcast about like mm -hmm. how, um, you know, people have talked about like, oh, Brown and Tatum, they, they just missed shots or they didn't, you know, Celtics offense just missed shots or they didn't do mm -hmm. what they were. But it's like, well, there's a reason why they didn't do it. Right. Yep. And it's the, the defensive force. And, and just because you don't have, like we don't, you know, we look at Robert Williams and kind of lust after a, a shot blocking presence. <laughs> We're like, oh, imagine James Wiseman on that team. And like, yes, let's imagine that because uh, that's coming soon. But yeah. but it's also like, wow, it's amazing what they are doing even without that. But we just don't even understand that. That's not part of our like basketball upbringing, I think, unless you're super, super deep into it. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, the other thing, too, is like when you think about the previous series where they have gone down two one the the first Memphis series um, back in the day, um, you know the Cavalier series that same year, you know this mm -hmm. this this ability to figure an opponent out is really mm -hmm. really cool, um, yeah. and they, they figure it out defensively. And this is not to sh throw shade at uh, Tatum and Brown, but but you know like the the time that the Warriors got beat when they were whole was like by some all time great performances you know like mm -hmm. like literally all-time great performances in 2016 and yeah. you know we said it in our finals preview it's like you know you said we have the best player in this series and by the end mm -hmm. that was like levels above yeah, who their no best doubt. player was you know and mm -hmm. and to the point where you know their two best players were kind of like at the same level but kind of in a middling way and just our dude was just just levels above yeah i mean our dude was uh all-time great hall of fame level and those other dudes were like okay all-stars you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that pretty much it young all-stars yeah i mean i i have some of those i guess i have all the games on on dvr somehow but uh uh, I do want to kind of look back at some of those when I've had some time away and just see what they were doing because yeah, like yeah. I'll, I'll admit, like I don't, I, I watch defense when I, uh, when I watch a game, but I don't like break it down like that deeply because if all of a sudden people are throwing like different looks, like zone, man, that's, that's easy to tell boxing one. That's easy to tell. But when they're doing stuff, like I said before, the help is not going to come because what, you know, why, you know, like those are the things like, when do they choose to help? And when do they choose to just like uh, leave it as is and try to mess with uh, uh, the Celtics. But I, I texted you during the finals. I was like, man, it's funny how every team just thinks they lose because of mistakes they made. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that's yeah. true, but it's not just a, a one way street. The Celtics in that final game were, unable to get any good shots off because of what the Warriors were doing, right? If the Warriors were not doing any of that, Tatum would have a bunch of open shots. He wouldn't yep. have had like, you know, Wiggins on him and then Draymond on him and then Looney popping out, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. He wouldn't yeah. be in the corner scared to shoot, uh, I guess with the crowd saying, shoot it and then step out of bounds, you know, <laughs> I mean, that is, that is next level shook. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, props to the Warriors, you know? Yeah. I mean, the defense defense has that ability to, you know, to just get in a team's head. I mean, that certainly was the case with Robert Williams and, and credit to the Warriors for to keep trying. <laughs> and that dude was just yeah. blocking everything. Uh, but 
but you know the Warriors defense was getting in the Celtics head too you know mm-hmm. by the end and they there was that there was in in the fourth quarter there was um Wiggins had this amazing sequence where um Tatum went across the lane Wiggins like packed him just blocked him mm-hmm. yeah, yeah back on another run I think hit, Wiggins hit a three just like maybe a minute later um Tatum had a split second to get a three and shoot a three in the corner Wiggins just made this amazing closeout and um but it was probably still enough to get a shot off but but he was spooked you know this rotation and the closeout was great just to change gears a little bit in terms of like Wiggins but also like you know the 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 what's been really cool about this finals run this playoff run is the the like the ability to shift the narrative the the narrative quote unquote that we refer to often which is out there um obviously this the Steph in the finals mvp was ridiculous from the start mm-hmm. but that's been put to bed um but i really love this wiggins change of narrative and how like just to see a guy maligned um by us sometimes you know <laughs> um really really put it together at at the exact right time and um, and he got better and better and better as this run went on, um, mm-hmm. better in terms of his contributions, like, you know, the numbers, maybe shooting numbers may like, you know, one of the games he was like over six on threes or something like that, but he still played amazing defense, you know, chipped in points when he needed to got rebounds. I just love, um, and like you said, local boy, you know, uh, does mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. uh, went to high school just down the road from my house. And, um, it's just really awesome to see a person perception publicly like it it get it got changed on the biggest stage too right it's like wow you know it's it's yeah it's impressive to me because it's like uh and i've talked to you about this before the playoffs started when pool was playing well towards the end of the regular season it was you know how much are you gonna pay pool and it was like well i guess you'll have to you know trade wiggins when he's coming off the books and yeah. then uh moody kaminga will step up and fill his role but now to play this well i mean he's 27 so the hope is that he's you know in his prime and then he's gonna keep ascending i guess the fear because of all the minnesota stuff is like oh well you know he it was the stage and then like the consistency in the regular season but i'm betting on wiggins to be honest because of the environment because of what he's able to do because of the I mean, he had a different coach, I think, almost every year when he was in Minnesota, yep. right? And almost as many GMs. And he played in one playoff series before this year, right? Like, yeah. you know, five-game series. So he probably doesn't even know he was this guy, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And I guarantee you that, like, the the core vets, right, the Hall of Fame dudes, that they're like, you're keeping him, you know what I mean? <laughs> you have a wing in his prime who won us a championship as the second best player in the playoffs for us overall. And if you're going to talk about the, the vets wanting to like have an older player, not rely on like 19, 20 year olds, then he's the, he's the guy, right? He's, you're going to keep him. And so uh, the, the financials of it, obviously it's, it's a, a, a huge payroll, but right now, like that's not my problem. That's neither here nor there. If they want to win titles, Steph, Clay, Draymond, they're going to want to keep him around because they know that he's a 16-game player, 
at this yep. point, you know? Yep. So that's impressive. Yeah. I, I uh, also want to kind of call back to over, over the past season, you've, you've mentioned uh, the Wigan smile um, <laughs> whenever, whenever it happened in a game and it was always a good pump, thing. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, this is also kind of like unlocked him a little bit. He can be himself a little bit more because, and then, you know, he's such a, he's, he seems like a quiet dude, right. At least publicly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, just you know, scrolling on feeds and whatnot, and seeing some of the celebrations. I don't know if you saw that clip yeah, of him uh, sure. dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, it was awesome yeah. to see him uh, cut loose a little bit like that. Um, I also just want to make a quick uh, uh, note that I think oh, I think it was before um, uh, before last season mm-hmm. uh, when you know Wiggins had only played a, a little bit. Um, we got Kelly Oubre. <laughs> I think that I, uh, I, I compared Wiggins and Oubre as these like big wings uh, to Tatum and Brown. I did. I definitely said like the poor, poor man's version of that. Um, mm-hmm. But now, you know, hey, one out of two uh, yeah. in in you know relatively close to these kind of like high level wings. I, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take that. Odds. I was, uh, I was wrong about the other one, but, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember that. That was pretty funny. Especially with Wiggins, you know, being more consistent and in a few of the games outplaying both those dudes, you know, <laughs> Kelly, Hubert, Kelly, Hubert is somebody I, I joked about when, uh, uh, Kenny Atkinson decided not to take the Charlotte job. I was like, <laughs> Kerr probably was like, you don't want to coach Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. In terms of uh, people whose narratives changed, I, I think, um, I, I feel like I haven't seen too much about this person, but um, but I know the narrative has changed in my mind. And that's Rick Celebrini. Um, mm, sure, yeah. We we loved Chelsea Lane. She moved on to Atlanta, um, got a promotion, which is awesome. And then this guy comes in, and you know was recommended by Steve Nash. And then all of these injuries happen. And mm-hmm. and I think you know in the 2019 playoffs, it's like, wait, when is KD coming back? Like, when is KD coming back? There, so there was like this kind of weird lack of communication, and who knows what that was all about, but. He was the he's the lead of the medical staff and training staff. And so, you know, it's easy as a fan to be like, what's going on? Chelsea would never do this, like as if we know what she's like. But, um, you know, and then these last two years were just kind of like full of like freak injuries um, and whatnot. But the way that this older team looked fresher and, you know, sure, Part of it is that they didn't go through consecutive seven game series. Like that's huge. 
Um, mm-hmm. But it's also cumulative too, right? Like the fact that they they know these old these guys are older. We need to watch their minutes, uh, load manage them, and then on the other side, like how many minutes did Tatum play this year? It was something like astronomical, and not just in the playoffs, but throughout the regular season. Yeah. And you know, sure, that's a choice, and he's young, and uh, I'm sure he said he wants all the minutes he can get, but he definitely wore down and like the warriors looked way fresher in the end. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's gotta be part of like the management of their, their bodies and their playing time and, and all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, for a while I've had like in the, in my spreadsheet, I've had in praise of Rick Celebrini <laughs> as a topic. And a lot of it was because like, yeah, I mean, the KD thing and then Clay, obviously it's not his fault Clay towards ACL, but it just looked bad, right? The optics of like all yeah. of a sudden these two guys go down. The KD thing, I mean, he was part of that, but uh, who knows where the blame really lies. But then it was like, I mean, Steph got hurt with a broken hand, but that wasn't his fault either. Yeah. And then the clay Achilles, right? So I, I think the uh, uh, appreciation is that, like, you know, they got him because he had extended Steve Nash's career for so mm-hmm. long and it's worked for Steph. You know, granted, Steph had basically a year off his legs uh, with a broken hand, you know, but Rick Celebrini has brought all these guys back. They were fresh because. I mean, it's great that Steph technically had a month off before the before the playoffs, <laughs> yeah. and then Draymond had uh, three months off, and he brought them back well. So yep. you know, I hundred percent appreciate that. I don't know what happened to Andre Iguodala. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, there's only uh, yeah beyond repair. There's only <laughs> yeah, or yeah. beyond uh, Celebrini's like uh, uh, age bracket of yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no sorcery can undo that. So uh, I mean, you know. Clay did shout out uh, Rick Celebrini in the in the oh, post game, yeah. so so that was that was kind of like oh yeah you know what should appreciate that I know that I've said be like Chelsea would never <laughs> I mean Clay's durability and the amount of minutes he was playing yeah. obviously there's more nights off in the playoffs but you know like in the Western Conference Finals it was one day off between games mm-hmm. and he was playing. 40 44 yeah. minutes sometimes you know yeah. so like whatever he did there he he did right and you know like hopefully whatever he's done to help Steph he can help with um Draymond Clay and whomever else is uh is is up there you know what I mean I I do want to say uh something about Steph's legacy that I uh when you brought it up it's like now of course he has the same number of titles as LeBron has a better record than LeBron I mean Andre, Clay, and Draymond all have the same number of uh, <laughs> as as LeBron too, and it's crazy to me because like just following this team so closely, uh, for, like every game for two years, now just seeing like all the chatter about how it's indisputable his greatness, people moving him yeah. in to the top ten. Uh, Andre Iguodala saying that he's the best point guard of all time when he used to say Magic Johnson was number one, Steph was two. I mean, obviously the stuff plays out over the years and stuff, but it's, it's fascinating because like, you know, finally, we, like we all know, there will always be trolls, <laughs> haters and stuff who throw an asterisk on something, but you know, no one was injured, you know, like sure. Some people were dinged up, but on both sides, mm-hmm. but no one was injured. He was the best player by far on his team and in the series. And he showed up every single time. And even in the game where he didn't shoot well, he definitely affected the game. Yeah, and all of a sudden now it's like, oh, uh, now we can get 
more potentially, right? It's like, uh, it's like once the team wins, it's like, oh, this team is automatically the favorite. And I mean, we could talk about this later, but it's like we saw that coming from a mile away before, you know what I mean? But we'll talk about that, talk about that one, uh, uh, maybe next episode. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is there going to be like a, uh, how were people in Toronto or in your neighborhood, like down the street from Wiggins high school? Like, did you hear any chatter on the news or like locally at the grocery store or whatever, no, no, wherever no, people no. congregate? I mean, well, I, I would say some people have brought them up since like, uh, th- this weekend, yeah, I've talked about Wiggins a little bit. Like, you know, the the basketball fans who are people who 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 you know are into it, but uh the the general person is not is not talking about him. Well, a kid on my softball team went to went to high school, like uh, I think maybe overlapped with him for like a year, but you know, he didn't know him yeah. or anything like that. But you mentioned some of the some of the injuries that happened throughout the year. Yeah. I mean, and it made this quite unexpected and and i think you know kerr spoke to that and i was thinking about how yeah i mean it it is wild and and, you know draymond pointed this out that like they the three of them had only played whatever 11 minutes together Mm -hmm. um but that once you know they were all whole and when the playoffs started he knew that they had a chance and and that he believed that they really could win it at that point um I was thinking about the uh, the kind of irony of that Steph, you know, could go on this run and he, you know, obviously he worked hard to get back so he could start the playoffs. But, you know, he missed all those games to end the season because mm-hmm. Marcus Smart rolled up on him. Yeah. Right. And isn't it just like ironic that it was uh, it was the uh, the Celtics that 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 happened against. Right. And yeah. and part of me is like you know, do they still win if Steph plays all the games down the stretch and he's a little bit more tired and all those kinds of things. And I mean, but it was just like this kind of uh, unintentional load management where he yeah. was out with an injury and, and uh, you know, got a chance to kind of recuperate a little bit. And so, I mean, they, they, they had some luck. Uh, you always have to have that in on top of all your skill and all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And, and Hey, at the time it seemed like bad luck that they were all getting hurt. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so let's not turn it into, they had good luck, even though that's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like we've talked about health is always the the issue when it comes to the NBA playoffs and especially the finals. I mean, look at Chris Middleton and look at like everybody from last year's playoffs, right. It's, it feels like a bunch of people were hurt, which, you know, people debate like, Oh, the sun's getting to the finals type stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, when we did our finals, pr- our playoff preview, it was like, we didn't know, right? That that period he was out, Steph was out, yeah. also allowed Jordan Poole to get his groove back to like an immense degree. And yeah. I think that was important. So it's like bad luck, but, you know, they were able to turn it into, they were able to take the hand they were dealt and yeah. do something with it. And the idea that, when when Steph came back or when his results were like, it's it's not that bad, he'll be back in a few weeks, then it was like, great, beginning the playoffs. And we had talked about like, hey, I hope this uh, Denver series goes like six or, you know, because that'll give them more time to kind of like get used to each other and kind of find a mm-hmm. rhythm. And I think that was really important. And it definitely was a kind of load management. Obviously, like uh, his legs 
were saved a little bit more because he couldn't really do anything with a busted yeah. foot. So, you know, he was able to just take a mental break as well. And, and obviously, like I said, Draymond did too. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fortunate because like when all that happened, it was like, I mean, we, we talked about this from the outset. It was like, be healthy by the beginning of the playoffs. And then when Steph got hurt, it was like, oh man. But then it was like, oh, he's going to be healthy by the beginning of the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. But there's still question marks because Steph had had his worst shooting year since like his mm -hmm. first or second year, right? And he'd had some bad shooting games. So like we didn't know what what we would get, to be honest. And totally. then he turns in like this performance. He wasn't like perfect throughout the playoffs, but to get to the finals, I mean, that's what everybody will remember, right? Like, yeah, he was amazing. And, um, you know, I think like, again, it's just uh, being fortunate to have uh, everybody be healthy enough by the beginning. I mean, minus Andre and Wiseman, but healthy enough um, for playoffs. I mean, look at Suns and Chris Paul, right? He hurt his hand and he was playing pretty much every game. So mm -hmm. he was supposed to have gotten some rest, you know, but then, I mean, he's at his age, I guess he still fell off a cliff against the against the Mavericks you know your point about just making the most of these setbacks is like is so key I mean you know these things only connect you know in hindsight and can be turned into positives right like they certainly mm -hmm. weren't at the time right you know obviously they try to make the most of it and that's all you can do in the moment right and so mm -hmm. so none of none of this was like given by any a given in, by any stretch of the imagination all right well that ends part one of our season debriefing stay tuned for episode two with me and airman in toronto coming up tomorrow this has been another episode of the oakland warriors podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast feel free to hit me up on twitter at patrick Epino or at oakland warriors check us out oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Also check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen to the Oakland Warriors podcast. It's produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely helpful. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. <laughs>